Welcome to another UCTV.TV podcast presented by University of California Television. Hi, I'm Nick Ravellis, the composer of the opera Rumpelstiltskin, and I want to share with you some of the things that helped me make music out of this wonderful story by the Brothers Grimm. I think it's important for you to know that composers don't live in some kind of solitary bubble. I'm influenced by the things that I see, that I hear, and that I experience every day. And often those simple things come back into my brain in the form of a kind of musical memory. Things stick with me, and when I'm writing a piece of music, I can't help but be influenced by those memories. Now, sometimes I chase those memories away because I don't think they'll be good for the piece that I'm working on. Other times, I think about them for a long time before I use them or I discard them. But on rare occasions, they seem just right. Let me give you a simple example. When I was a kid, my brother and I would come home from school, and the first thing we did was turn on the TV and watch, you guessed it, cartoons, especially the Looney Tunes and Warner Brothers cartoons like, oh, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. There were other favorites like Heckle and Jekyll, these two crazy crows, Woody Woodpecker and Tom and Jerry. But our favorite cartoon was Popeye. You may be too young to remember Popeye, but your teacher might remember him. He was this skinny little sailor guy with a big chin and a corncob pipe permanently stuck in his mouth. And he'd always get himself out of trouble with bullies and crooks who were bigger than him by pulling out a can of spinach at the last minute, which would give him superpowers, and then he'd beat up the bad guys. I fight to the finish because I eat my spinach. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man, he would always sing. Well, Popeye was in love with a girl named Olive Oil. Give it to him, Popeye! It's the Twister Punch! Twister Punch coming up. And his arch enemy was a big muscled brute called Bluto. In one episode, Olive Oil has been tricked into getting married to Pluto, so Popeye has to come and save the day. Well, here's Olive Oil looking fine in her wedding dress, walking down the aisle, and a little old lady is sitting at the organ in the chapel playing the wedding march. But she can't play very well. So what you heard was this. As a musician and organist myself, I just thought that was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard. Well, in Rumpelstiltskin, the heroine, we call her Nell, marries the king, and you just can't have a wedding without a wedding march. That old Popeye memory came back to me, and I thought I'd have a little fun. So, 
That was a stupid, simple kind of little memory, but I used it to influence what I created as a moment in my opera. Here's another memory. When I was in kindergarten, my favorite song was The Teddy Bear's Picnic, and every once in a while our teacher would play a recording of it. It's a funny, silly little tune that goes like this. I couldn't quite get enough of that song, and my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Brokenshire at Pine Street School in Carlsbad, California, never played it enough to satisfy me. I guess because of that, the tune stuck with me. Now, fast forward about 50 years, and I have the libretto, or text, in other words, the words of Rumpelstiltskin in front of me, having been written by my librettist and good friend, Jack Montgomery. Oh, and by the way, I'm sitting in a cafe in La Maddalena on the island of Sardinia off the coast of Italy. I was on vacation visiting a good friend. The sun was shining. I had my cup of cappuccino in front of me, and I read the first words of the text. Begin the tale of hearts grown cold because of straw turned into gold. Hmm. I started running the text through my head over and over and over again. Begin the tale of hearts grown cold because of straw turned into gold. And then I got the rhythm. Begin the tale of hearts grown cold because of straw turned into gold. There was something about the rhythm of the words that reminded me of that kindergarten song, The Teddy Bear's Picnic. So I came up with a tune that sort of reminds me of that old song, but doesn't exactly copy it. The thing is, this story about an evil dwarf who tries to steal the queen's firstborn child as payment for his magic, it's not a pleasant story at all. It has some very dark edges. You can't begin an opera about dark things with a happy little tune like this. So you know what I did? I took all the 12 notes of the chromatic scale, put them in a hat, and took them out randomly, making my own scale. Now, you know what a scale is, or you've heard one, surely. It usually sounds like this, just seven notes. But if you play all of the black and white notes in between, you have 12 notes, and it sounds like this. So all I did was to order those notes in a random way, like writing each note on a piece of paper and pulling them out of a hat one by one. So my first note was an A, and that became the first note of my scale. Then my second note, again picked randomly, was C sharp. And the third note was an F, and I kept going until I'd used up all 12 notes of the scale. Now, that's just a little weird, a little sinister, and it was exactly what I was looking for. Now, 
What does it have to do with my teddy bear theme? Well, I put that teddy bear rhythm to my new scale, those 12 random notes, and I got this. And that became the intro to my tune. And then I placed each of those 12 notes in the bass. And ended up with a wonderfully weird, sinister, and rollicking effect. just from a memory that's hung on with me since kindergarten. But it's not the only influence in the opera. There are songs or arias in the opera that come from other influences as well. One of my all-time favorite American composers is George Gershwin. He wrote an opera, too, called Porgy and Bess. But he was also a composer in the old tradition of music popular during the turn of the 20th century that we like to call Tin Pan Alley. The Tin Pan Alley composers were musicians that worked in the Broadway theaters in New York at the time, and Mr. Gershwin was one of them. Their style is a little bit jazzy, a little bit bluesy, a bit like what we used to call honky-tonk. When Rumpelstiltskin finally gets Nell to agree to give up her firstborn child in order for him to spin straw into gold, he tells her that she's going to play the palace. In other words, in reward for her promise, she'll become the queen of all the land. Well, this is a play on words because there's the king's palace in the opera, but back in the days of the Tin Pan Alley composers, everyone wanted to play the Palace Theater. That was considered the ultimate goal for a performer, a dancer, a singer, or a composer. So naturally, I had to write a number that sounded a little bit like, well, Gershwin. Hip hooray, you'll be delighted just today. You've been invited to the palace fair. Only royalty is there. Oh, what fun. A little spinning when it's done. The king you're winning, so then just give me the kid. Then you'll be oh so glad, so glad you did. Oh, you'll play the palace when you are a queen. Like you've never seen Spin gold out of straw So you're the queen, the ruler of them all Then you play the palace when you are the queen 
In the context of the story, having Rumpelstiltskin open up with a number like this is really crazy, a little sinister, and hopefully just a little funny. Rumpelstiltskin also gets to sing what we call a patter song. Now, a patter song is a piece of solo music for a singer that's in a very upbeat tempo and has lots and lots and lots of words, or what we call in show business, patter. Here's an example of a patter song from one of the operettas by the British team of Gilbert and Sullivan. As someday Edmund happened that a victim must be found, I've got a little list, I've got a little list of society offenders who might well be underground and who never would be missed, who never would be missed. There's the pestilential nuisances who write for autographs and people who have flabby hams and irritating laughs and children who are up in dates and floor you with them flat and all persons in shaking hands shake hands with you like that and third persons whose spelling on the tete-a-tetes insist They'd none of them be missed. They'd none of them be missed. Since the action of a spinning wheel is fast, as the wheel goes round and round and gets faster and faster, I thought that a fast patter song for Rumpelstiltskin would be kind of fun. Here's a little bit of it. Bottled water holding thirty little turtles doesn't matter that each turtle only yields a bit of noodle. The problem is the turtle battles years and years of turtle battles bearing less than noodle oodles. Noodles very rare, noodles everywhere. Ask me if I care. Now, Rumpelstiltskin also gets a little Latin beat. His entrance song, or the first aria that he sings when we meet him, is a tango. Now, a tango is the national dance of the South American country of Argentina. It has a very distinctive rhythm that might remind you of the habanera in another opera, Carmen, by George Bizet. The habanera and the tango are rather similar. You've heard this before, I'm sure. My takeoff on Carmen's number. People deserve the lives that they get because they are lazy and slow. They cannot be bothered to work or to think. To be stupid, you know. So I take advantage. So I show them the most boss. In spite of this body, at me fortunes they'll toss. And then once they're not needy, you see they are greedy. So into queens they shall morph. So from the skill of a dwarf, then why what I do? Gold is all that is true. Into queens they shall morph through the power of 
of a dwarf. Now you may be asking yourself if any of the other characters in the opera get to sing. Well, yes, of course. Rumpelstiltskin's not the only person in the opera. For instance, I give our heroine Nell a lovely little English ballad to sing with words from the 19th-century female poet named Christina Rossetti. It's lyrical and a little sorrowful because she's in this terrible predicament, and I thought the form of an English ballad would suit her perfectly. My heart is like a singing bird whose nest is in a sheltered root. My heart is like a cherry tree whose boughs are bent, are bent in a ripening fruit. The king falls in love with Nell, and his music isn't far off from the kind of music that you'd hear in one of today's Broadway shows or American musical, like Cats or Wicked or The Secret Garden. My child, you make silver from straw. You are a marvel, the best I ever saw. You'll rest by day, but at night it is foretold. Your father's other promise, straw to gold. But of course, most of my influences are other operas. Nell's father, the miller, for instance, sings a song or an aria near the beginning of my opera in which he expresses how mystified he is by this daughter of his. He doesn't know exactly where she is, why she feels the way she does, and he's trying to convince the king that she has the special gift to be able to spin straw into gold. It's a lie, of course, but in this aria, I want him to be as convincing as he possibly can. My influence here was an aria by the American composer Douglas Moore in an opera he wrote called The Ballad of Baby Doe. The aria in that opera is for a baritone voice, and it goes like this. Warm as the autumn night, soft as the pool at night, the sound of your singing, the sound of your singing, baby Joe. I wanted the Miller's aria to have that same kind of sweep and warmth while at the same time remembering that he's lying to the king. I know not where she is. I feel that I'm no longer her father. She does what she will. Her magic makes it difficult to guide her she knows what she knows your highness so after all that what do we really know 
Well, composers don't live in a bubble. We're all influenced by the things we see and especially the things we hear throughout our lives. So in Rumpelstiltskin, I've embraced my influences, the teddy bear's picnic, Popeye cartoons, Tin Pan Alley jazz, Broadway musicals, tangos, patter songs, arias from standard operas. All of it went into the writing of this opera, and I hope you enjoy watching it as much as I enjoyed creating it. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.